Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It is Thursday night, July 16th, and uh, thanks for listening, whether live, on demand, on Blog Talk Radio, or on iTunes or wherever else you might be listening. I do appreciate you spending some time with us tonight as we uh, continue our preparation towards fantasy football season 2015. A lot going on tonight. We're going to get to all of it. Want to remind everybody, phone lines are open if you want to give us a call, 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Chat room is open, uh, and I'm right there in it. So if you want to post any questions there, happily answer them on the air, both with myself and my special guest, who I'll introduce in just a second. I promise you that. Uh, don't forget, follow on Twitter at Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Follow the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano uh, Fantasy Sports Show Facebook page. We're all up on there as well, so make sure you check that out. A lot going on, and I want to welcome um, somebody I can honestly say I'm, I'm, I, I could call a friend. Over the last year or so, it, I, I say it all the time on this show, the, one of the best parts in getting involved in this field is, is some of the people I've gotten to meet and, and people I've gotten to call friends. And, and I get together with them at various fantasy sports uh, conferences, conventions, dinners. Really, if there's beer involved, the fantasy sports community is usually there. And, and this guy's no exception. I was on his show a few months back. Um, he's on my show now. And we spent a lot of time emailing and texting back and forth, talking fantasy baseball. But tonight we're going to talk fantasy football. And I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Bob Long from FFConsistency.com. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it. Uh, great talking with you again. Like you said, it, that's definitely one of the things that uh, I love the most about all of this, uh, not only helping people do their best at fantasy football, but making friends from across the country, um, whether it's you know you in New York or my friend Jason Collette down in North Carolina uh, you know, there's just so many guys out there, and the great thing about it is, as we call ourselves quote experts, um, we all know that you know we all started at some point, just like the folks out there listening, playing the sport, learning the sport, uh, you know, finding the tricks and the and the tips uh, that help us be successful, and you know that's why we got into this, and that's why we're here tonight, and uh, you know uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, chatting with you and talking football and, and helping you you with your football side as much as you've helped me with my baseball side. Absolutely. And, you know, now it's, it's, it's exciting just over the last couple of weeks. We're actually, uh, we could call ourselves, I guess, co-workers now uh, yes. involved in uh, the, a new adventure, draftvalet.com. So, uh, so that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It's going to make for an adventurous football season. I'm sure you and I will uh, exchange some stories behind the scenes there. It should be should I'm be sure. enjoyable. But, Bob, let's get right to the site. I love the site. I, I mean, I don't even know if you remember this. I want to say three or four years ago, you were on my show then when it was under a different title, when I worked for a site called TheWarRoom.com, and you were on our show oh, way right. back then. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was the first time I had ever uh, uh, seen the site, really. It was me, a couple of the other War Room guys, and you were on with us. And it opened my eyes tremendously to the concept of consistency. And ever since then, I've been a big user of this site, ffconsistency.com. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelievable stuff that Bob produces. Um, but for somebody who's new and... You know, that was a long time ago, and now it's a different show. It's, it's my baby now. Um, explain to the, to the listener who, for the first time, is hearing about FFConsistency.com, the theory behind it and your theory behind consistency in fantasy football. All right. Well, the, the basic simple con, uh, concept is this, is that um, because it's a head-to-head format, and you're not, it's not like baseball where you're, you're trying to accumulate as much stats or points as you can – to be the highest scoring team at the end of the year. When you're playing in a head-to-head, um, you, and, and, and if, you're, if you're out there and you're listening and you're one of these guys or one of these girls who are playing and you end up being the top three highest scoring team at the end of the season and somehow you, your team went 7-7 seven and seven in the regular season the first 14 weeks and you didn't make the playoffs, I will nine times out of ten tell you your problem was probably the consistency of your players. Um, having a guy like, and I'll use for a great example from last year, was uh, Ben Roethlisberger. In total points last year, in a typical four-touchdown passing system, he was fifth in total points overall. The fifth best quarterback in fantasy football. However, from a consistency standpoint, it was only 56%. Now, uh, we'll get into a little bit of how it's all calculated, but so only barely half of the games last year was he earning good enough to be in the top 12 quarterbacks on a weekly basis. That's the basic generic scenario. Um, So he, while he looked great on paper in total points, his consistency would be destroying teams if you were trying to use them week after week. Now, we all know the two six-touchdown games was the most of that problem, and he really didn't have as big a games after that, and that's what led to his demise from a consistency standpoint. But that's what it's about. It's about getting guys who are scoring above that starting lineup potential or or statistical uh, breakdown week after week. So for quarterbacks, it's basically trying to get into the top 12 quarterbacks every week. And there's a quality game factor that's set based on the scoring method. Uh, one of the things that's nice about my site, um, as well as the other site that I'm writing for, which is so-called fantasyexperts.com, and mm-hmm. that's actually probably a little bit better place to go because all the fantasy tools are on one page. Um, the uh, guide we'll talk a little bit about. But there's a consistency report that you can easily, you can go into and put in your scoring method for your league, and it will tell you who the most consistent players are or were last year or year before or whenever you want to look for. Um, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, and that will show your consistent players from last year, help you with your draft prep, um, and then you can go buy the book, and we'll talk a little bit about that or the guide, um, and that will help you you know, learn a little bit about But that's the basic scenario is you want the person that is going to consistently, and the higher percentage the better, um, help your team week after week and not score 30 points one week, five points the next, 25 because those are the kind of guys that are going to kill your team trying to win head-to-head every week. 
Right. Now, you, you, you brought up the quarterbacks, and, and I want to start the conversation there. Now, it's funny you mentioned Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, everybody's in love with Roethlisberger this year. Uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell's going to miss a couple of games. Potentially, we'll talk about running backs in a little bit. Antonio Brown, and, I, and just by looking at your numbers, I think you agree. Antonio Brown's the number one wide receiver because he's by consistent far. week in and week out. It's, it's absolutely right. amazing. He just doesn't have a bad game. No. Uh, but, you know, people are high on Roethlisberger. They expect guys like Martavius Bryant, Marcus Wheaton now uh, uh, to step up into the slot. Martavius Bryant, you saw glimpses of some good play there last mm-hmm. year at points once he started seeing the field. So it, uh, does that skew the consistency? Um, you go, okay, he was, uh, what was it, 56%, 56% consistent last right. year, nine mm-hmm. games out of 16, right? I'm looking at your numbers. Uh, right. Based on last year, he, in, on your list, he was a third-tier quarterback, right? 56% right. Uh, uh, consistent. But now when you look at maybe a few little of the improvements, uh, those other wide receivers, is it safe to take that 56 and then project better? Or or do those addition of players or those outside forces, do those not have as big an impact as you think, so, as you think it might? Well, the, one of the things that I'll try to look at for predicting the next year, so as we look into 2015, is has anything changed on that team that would make you believe that he's going to be more consistent? And the one thing that I look at from Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers' perspective is this. They play in a very tough defensive uh, conference in the AFC North. Uh, the Bengals, mm-hmm. even the Browns, and the Ravens, um, their games are usually pretty slugfest-type games. Um, not a lot of scoring. Neither, neither, none of the other three teams really have very good offenses. The Browns are horrible. Um, you know, the Bengals aren't bad, and the Ravens aren't bad, but they're no, you know, Broncos, Colts kind of offenses that are going to run a score up where Roethlisberger needs to throw the ball. Um, mm-hmm. As long as Le'Veon Bell, and like you said, those first three games may be a little bit different, but as long as Le'Veon Bell is on that field and is playing Le'Veon Bell at football, there's no reason for the Steelers to have to go out and score 30 points a week. They can win games 17 to 10. Mm-hmm. They can win games 21 to, you know, uh, so – as long as he's doing what he does best, which is run the football, catch passes out of the backfield, there's no reason for Roethlisberger to throw a lot. Those six touchdown games were obviously two big flukes. We know that it's obvious because he didn't do that much the rest of the season as proven by his nine out of 16 quality games. Um, You know, so I just don't see why that would change him being more consistent Outside of the fact that maybe because he's got three games without Bell, um, you know that it may be a little bit different. But I was thinking, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember the I don't remember the schedule. Let me see if I can see it real quick. Um, Steelers start out at New England, home against San Francisco, and at St. Louis. So then game four is against the Ravens at home. So they've got some tough defenses yeah. coming up yeah. early on that in my opinion, not going to allow Roethlisberger to throw the ball 
that much. Now, they're going to need to throw a ball a little bit more because we don't know what D'Angelo Williams still has left in the tank right. to play at running back those three weeks. But regardless of that, I just don't see – the system hasn't changed. The coaching staff hasn't changed. The talent around him hasn't changed. I can't imagine he would just automatically go to being, boom, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, 12 or 13 out of 16 games at that 75 80% consistent. He never has been. This is actually his highest rank in total points ever. Um, I just don't see how he could be better. And that's what I, people are, I, are, are predicting, and I don't, I don't understand that because I, that's, my, you know, that's where I'm coming from. People can well, what's have interesting, the reason you know, why, but it, well, no, I ahead. mean, what's interesting, and, and for somebody, you know, I'm looking, I'm look, I'm on your site right now, and and you look at Tony Romo, right? Tony Romo in a, in a standard scoring league, four points for touchdowns. Last right. season finished with about 318 total points. Ben Roethlisberger finished with you know almost 50 points, or a little more than 50 points more at 369. Yet. Right. Roethlisberger played better. He had a 73% consistency rating compared... um, I'm sorry, right. Romo had a 73% consistency rating compared to only 56% of Roethlisberger. So really, for, for somebody who's new to the site, what Bob's information does is it takes... And, and, and Bob and I have talked before, we're both math people, but it <laughs> takes that outliner out. You know, it takes right. that... And, and, and one of our listeners right now, live, even commented on in the chat room, those six touchdown games are great. Not, but not great when it's followed by a no-touchdown, two-interception game. And, right. and that's what we're saying here about Roethlisberger is you're going to have those hiccups like Bob said, with some of those defenses. Uh, am I interpreting that data right, Bob? Yeah, no, you, you've hit it right on the nose. I mean, I, I couldn't say it any better myself. Um, the concept is, you know, you need them to be, you know, Tony Romo, 11 out of 15 games last year, exceeded. And, and, and when you go onto the site and you put in your scoring method, it will actually calculate the quality game factor for you. That's what they need right. to exceed to earn a quality game. And in that four points passing touchdown scenario, it's a little bit over 19, like 1905. Let's just say 19 points. So Romo, in 11 out of his 15 games, was 73% of the time, scored 19 or more points for your fantasy team. That's much better than, than Roethlisberger did because he only did it 9 out of 16 games. So, you know, there's two games that if you had Roethlisberger instead of Romo, you probably would have lost those games. You could have lost those games. And that could be the difference between you going to the playoffs and not going to the playoffs. And that's what a lot of people yeah. will tell me. It's like, Bob, I just, I'm always a game or two out of the playoffs what do I need? And the first thing I'm going to tell them is, how consistent are your players? Let's look at your team from last year. And I'll start identifying guys. They're like, yeah, but I love, you know, let's say Roethlisberger. But, um, you know, one of the guys for many years when he was at Tampa and, um, and still at Tampa, but Vincent Jackson and Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia when he was there were my two poster childs for inconsistency. They would be top mm-hmm. 10, top 12, top 15 receivers in total points always around the 50% mark. And I'd say those are the guys that are killing you. You're fourth in total points in your league, but you were, you know, six and eight in, in, in your record, so you didn't make the playoffs, and the playoffs was eight and six. You could have made it. 
but you drafted those guys instead of these guys who are more consistent, you know, may not be the sexy name, you know, or the or had the big points total wise, but their consistency is what helped them help your teams and that's what you're trying to identify. Uh, especially not only in the early rounds, but in the later rounds. And we'll talk about those guys that you can pick up later um, mm-hmm. because most guys go for the – everybody loves two words, upside and, <laughs> and, and you know uh, – well, upside, I guess, is the word. The biggest word is yeah. upside. I hate the word upside. When somebody says this guy has upside, I'll say, but he has no consistency that he's proved to me, you know, Give me something that I can say, yes, he has that potential. I know, Anthony, you've been a baseball guy for years. You probably obviously know who Ron Chandler is. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Chandler and his baseball stuff always said, once you earn that skill, you keep that skill. So whether it's power or speed or whatever, and you don't lose that skill unless age and, and injuries de- deplete that. I kind of use that same concept inconsistency. If you've had consistency, you have the potential to keep that consistency. Now, changing teams, changing systems, age, certainly that affects consistency and I can, you know, and I'll and I'll predict that and say, well, you know, this, you know, Jimmy Graham probably is not going to be as consistent as a tight end in Seattle as he was in New Orleans because we don't know how exactly they're going to use him yet. So, there's a little bit of, you know, leeriness to Am I going to take a chance on Jimmy Graham when I might go for a Greg Olson, who I know is going to always be consistent? Nothing has changed in Carolina, um, and Cam Newton loves him. So, you know, those are the kind of things that I'll talk about in my articles and in my stuff and on a lot of the podcasts. So. You know, and what's interesting, Bob, is, you know, as, as we were talking, I pulled up the, the current, and this is for about the last four or five days, current ADPs. And we'll stick with the quarterback position for now. All right. Uh, right. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peyton Manning are still the first right. three quarterbacks off the board. And and I, I would say almost, you know, deservingly so. We know they're consistent. Right. Manning had a little bit of a leg situation. I have no problem with that. But currently, right. and this is what I find fascinating, I want to get your thoughts on it. Russell Wilson, on average, is the fourth quarterback off the board, going uh, a few picks in, on average ahead of Drew Brees. Ben Roethlisberger, the guy we've been talking about, he's the sixth quarterback off the board. He's going around before Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Tony Romo. He's going two rounds before Brady and Stafford, and three mm-hmm. rounds before Eli Manning. So when you look at those numbers, I'm surprised with Russell Wilson. I don't find him all that consistent either. I know at times his legs make up for some of the points, and right. people again, are, well, Jimmy Graham's there now, the changes, I'm excited about it. But if we're talking consistency, Drew Brees leapfrogs him in a heartbeat, no? Well, and the interesting thing is, again, when you're looking at ADPs, um, you know, I see the ADPs, but then I've done some some drafts. I don't know if you've done any yet. I've done some expert drafts, um, and I'm seeing, I'm not seeing that in the same way. Um, I'm seeing Drew Brees going uh, sixth, seventh round. Um, I, I drafted Matthew Stafford as a backup quarterback in the 11th round in one of my expert drafts. And so, again, a lot of it depends on who you're drafting against. 
sometimes the expert, other experts like to, to take the risk, especially if they're going to be putting them in a magazine, which is the one I'm talking about, um, because right. they like to take a flyer on somebody, and then if it hits, then, then they're a genius, um, and they'll tell you about it. Um, I'm not that kind of person. I, I draft, you know, w- when I make my decision and you read this stuff, if you're going to draft against me, I'm drafting those players. Now, if you pick them before me, I have to adjust, but I don't, you know, pick this guy. You know, I'm not going to pick uh, Teddy Bridgewater um, as my quarterback one because I think he just has that potential and that upside. And then if Teddy Bridgewater is great for some reason, I don't see how that will happen, but let's say he does, then I'm a genius. But let's be mm-hmm. honest, 99 times out of 100, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be performing at a QB1 level probably in 2015. And so then, then nobody, then everybody forgets about it. <laughs> um, that I don't do that. I, I'll tell you why I'm picking them, who I'm picking, where they're at. Um, so ADPs, while I look at them, I kind of go, oh, that that's good. That I hope Roethlisberger goes as the sixth quarterback off the board because if I don't get you know one of those top five, then I'm okay with taking Tony Romo, like you said, two rounds later. And he's more consistent than Roethlisberger was, so that's okay. Go ahead and pick him, pick him six. I don't care, you know. So that's right. kind of how I look at it. It's like that that shows me where people are drafting at, and then I can go, oh wow, if I can get some value by getting Romo later or Ryan later, um, you know, that have proven consistency. And Ryan, Matt Ryan, wasn't that consistent last year. He was actually one of his worst years ever. Um, but their offensive line was a disaster last year. They never had anybody healthy. Um, if they can get that offensive line healthy again, um, I think he'll be right back up there in consistency-wise with, with the top boys again like he was a couple years ago. So, Would you say – now, you and I have never done a, a football league together. we got to figure out a right. way to rectify that. But yes, would you say if I drafted in a draft against you, you and I were sitting mm-hmm. at the table, you're sitting a few seats away – Having read your work, would I be able to, in a lot of ways, predict your next pick because you don't buy into the upside and you look for the consistency? Like, if somebody knew your 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 consistency strategies, would you find your draft? And I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but would it be right. a predictable draft, a Bob Lung draft? Would it be predictable? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, to a point. Now, if you go, and we haven't talked about the book, but in, in, in the guide, uh, yes. the fantasy football guide we'll talk about, um, I created something a few years ago called the Consistency Tier Draft List. And basically, it's a one-pager that you can take to a draft, and it's ranked in my order of what I would be drafting, and I literally tell you when to draft round by round. So if you're round one and you're picking one through five, you should pick running back 1A. And that, and they're in that order. So if I'm picking, nine, you know, now again, when it's in a tier of running back one A, I have five guys to choose from. So if I have the fifth pick, mm-hmm. and you guys take one through four ahead of me, then I'm going to take fifth, which would be Marshawn Lynch, because that's who I feel is the best guy there. Um, you know, because that's what I want to go with. Now, does that mean that I don't? You know, now once you after you get past that first round, then things change because if you pick a running back, now you might want to go wide receiver, and maybe you like this guy a little better. But the tiers are there for that reason because you can float within the tiers. 
But could you predict by looking at the tier and go, Bob's going to take one of these eight guys right there when it comes up to him probably next? Yeah, I probably will be right there in that in that realm. Um, but very rarely does that happen. Um, it did happen once a few years ago when I was working at an accounting firm, and I came up with this tier draft list, and I gave it to everybody at the firm that played fantasy football. Well, we're in the league of 12 guys, and 10 of the guys are sitting with the same sheet at the table as I was. <laughs> that made it interesting, let me tell you. Um, because, you know, basically they're crashing off, and they're like, oh, if I don't pick this guy now, Bob's going to pick him next. And I'm like, oh, this really sucks. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I didn't do that well that year. Um, so, But the year before, I went 13-0 in the regular season against them, and and then I lost in the semifinals, but the, the, that caught him off guard. But, yeah, that was the only time I ever drafted against my own list with that many people. It was actually quite interesting, but um, most of the time, it's uh, you know, I usually don't have too much. But it's interesting when I do a draft, especially like an MFL, where it automatically sends it to Twitter, you know, say pick, you know, 401, Bob pick, um, and I'll have people comment. Yeah, I, I could. That that that's your kind of guy, you know. I picked Andre Allenton because he's one of my favorite uh, consistent running backs in the fourth round. They're like, oh yeah, I, I could. Yep, that's your man. You you talked about him on the shows. So people know, you know, what I'm going into and what I'm probably looking at. If if they want to go that far and try and hunt down all my stuff, that's fine. Um, I'll sell them a book for five bucks and they can draft against me with my own list. I don't care. But, uh, yeah. Bob, you so mentioned I, the yeah, book. It could be fairly predictable. And there's nothing wrong with that. I was, just, you, I, was, I was just curious about it. Bob, you've mentioned the book. I want to give you a minute. Where, and we still have plenty of time to talk, but you've mentioned it. Right. So where can somebody find the book? I've actually, uh, you, ha- you gave me the honor of previewing the book, and uh, right. I, I, was, um, so I, was, I was honored that you did right. that. But if somebody wants to find it, where can they, can they locate the book and, and download it or whatever they need to do? So basically, you go to socalledfantasyexperts.com, and you can go there. There is a cover of the book on their homepage, and you just scroll down a little bit, click on the cover. It takes you to the uh, consistency tool page. You can click on the book there. Uh, You can also see the other tools while you're there. Uh, Click on the book. um, Follow the instructions there. Uh, It's a PDF download, and basically, uh, it's only $5.00. And uh, it, it's a sim- and it's 147 pages of just fancy football consistency goodness. Um, once you once you buy the book, anytime I update it, whether it's a, a revised draft list or I update, like I just updated it last week for the Antonio Gates suspension. Um, I will be updating it through the preseason, and I will send you an updated copy because I'll get your email when you uh, download the book. Uh, like I said, it's a PDF, so you can read it on your iPad, your Twitter, or uh, your Twitter, iPad, your your desktop, your whatever, your phone. It'd be really small, but you could read it, um, and and it's there. And another great thing is I'm always available. So you'll, my email's in there, my Twitter's in there. You can ask me questions. I'm all season long, so I'm there for you. If you're you're trying to learn the consistency process, I'll be there for you to help you out. So so-calledfantasyexperts.com, go there and uh, click on it, and uh, I'd love to uh, you know, help you guys be more consistent in your team this year. Yeah, it's great stuff. I've seen it. Absolutely great, great stuff. Uh, I've actually looked at it now numerous times, um, just as, you know, 
keep things fresh in my mind. Look at these numbers over again, and it's and it's great stuff. Bob, let's slide over and talk a little running back uh, for a okay. minute. And you know, it's it's interesting when I look uh, on the site and and at the data who the tier one running backs from last season ended up being, because I look at this list and and you hear all experts all over the place, and every one of them people are either concerned with or are so down on that they're almost a non-factor, right? You look at the consistency, Le'Veon Bell was 100%. If right. it wasn't for the three-game suspension, I think Le'Veon Bell would probably be the number one pick in most drafts. The suspension yeah. scares some people away. It doesn't scare me as much as maybe nope. you, other people. I don't think it scares nope. you either. I think you'd be all over no, Le'Veon Bell. Yep. I'll take 13 out of 13 when I get them, you know, no problem. But then you look right. at DeMarco Murray, who came off 100% consistency last year. He's right. going in the second round now. People don't, you know, the new right. offensive line in Philadelphia compared to Dallas. Yep. People are down mm-hmm. on Arian Forster. His demise has been predicted right. now for a couple of years. Matt Forte, yep. people are talking about staying away from because he's now 30 years old. Andre Ellington, he only played in 12 games. Uh, Arizona drafted the rookie there to take some carries away from Ellington. And then the big shocker for consistency last year was Ahmad Bradshaw. 9 out of 10, a 90% consistency rate. When I saw that the first time, it blew my mind. I would have never thought Ahmad Bradshaw. Uh, He's really, uh, you know, not a factor this season anymore. No. So, you know, you look at that Tier 1 running back crew and and tell me me who I should draft there, other than Le'Veon Bell. Should somebody be drafting DeMarco Murray, Arian Forster, Matt Forte? Forget about Ellington and Bradshaw for a minute. But those first three guys, Murray, Forster, Forte, 100%, 100%, 94%. Are the concerns people have for them legitimate, or in your mind, are they still first-round picks? Um, I think some are and some aren't. Um, Le'Veon Bell is just that good that Mm -hmm. I have no problem drafting him number one overall and taking the chance that the three-game suspension sticks because he was so far ahead of the other guys that haven't changed teams, and that's the important part, um, right. that I just just don't – I can't fathom not taking him number one. Um, I have too many question marks about Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, Arian Foster, DeMarco Murray, um, et cetera. Uh, Eddie Lacy, uh, Mar- you know Marshawn Lynch, and and the points difference is so far. Once you get to Marshawn Lynch, you're talking 65 points difference. Right. And so even if you know you take three games out of that, and let's say you pick up D'Angelo Williams and he scores half of those points that Bell would have, you're probably still going to do okay. You know. Now, granted, you know I said there's some guys that I might be drafting as my running back three or four that I only really want them to play the first three weeks because I assume they'll get hurt after that. That'll be guys like C.J. Spiller, Joseph Randall, you know, <laughs> those kind of guys that probably will come out like gangbusters because of their new team, new system, new whatever. But after that, I, you know, if they get hurt, I really don't care because I just want them to fill Le'Veon Bell's role for three weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with Bell. Uh, DeMarco Murray, absolutely not. Um, he was playing for a contract. Prior to this season, he never played a full season. He always mm-hmm. seemed to be hurt. Whether it was legit hurt, fake hurt, 
don't feel like going out and playing this week hurt, don't care. His That tells me the, that is a contract player kind of guy. Mike Wallace was no different last year. Mike Wallace never played for shit until last year, and then he was under contract, and he busted out and you know got his money and moved on. Um, so Murray going to the Eagles scares the living daylights out of me because of what they did to LaShawn McCoy's production. I don't think there's anything wrong with LaShawn McCoy. I just think that if you looked at the number of touches and the way it was distributed for the Philadelphia Eagles, he didn't touch the ball any more than Darren Sproles and Jeremy Macklin and anybody else because that's Chip Kelly's style. So Murray's going to a team now with a lesser offensive line and has to share all the touches spread out. He's not going to get the ball 300 times or whatever it was last year. So there's no way he's going to be that consistent nor get 361 points. Don't see it. Arian Foster is a ticking time bomb. He's great when Mm -hmm. he's on the field. We just don't know when that's going to be. I can't take that chance in the first five picks in the first round. Uh, Matt Forte, though, I'm okay with. I think Matt Forte is that good of a player, that dedicated of a player, that in that offense, with um, Cutler needing him out of the backfield, he still runs very, very well. I didn't see – it's not like he went like 12 out of 13 in quality games and then just wore down over the season. He was 15 out of 16 and third in total points. Now, he did catch like 90-plus balls. He may not hit that again, but even that 10 points less, let's say he catches 75 or 80, that 10, 15 points isn't going to hurt his consistency that much, and it's still going to keep him third in total points. So I'm okay with Forte in, in, in the first five picks. Um, so of those guys, that there's two that I like. The other two I would stay away from, no questions. All right, Bob. One of our listeners uh, posted a question in the chat room. Uh, Jim asked, and and it's funny, I was thinking the same thing, so let's go there now because it does affect this position. Uh, Jim comes out and asks, he says, rookies do not have a track record for consistency. How do you handle that? Do you use the college stats? Do you eliminate them? And and I think the running back position this year is interesting when it comes to rookies because you have – you know, you got Todd Gurley of the Rams on average right. going in the fifth round. T.J. Yeldon of Jacksonville going in the fifth round. Uh, Melvin Gordon of the Chargers going in the third round as a top 15 running back. Mm, so there's three rookies that, that people are expecting to have an impact, um, myself included a little bit. But how does that then work, whether it be the, the running back or a wide receiver? I don't even talk about rookie quarterbacks unless your name's Andrew Luck. I'm not interested. Right. So – how does that work in your mind and, and with your information? Rookies, um, I, again, because I have no track record to prove it on, and you can't prove anything on college. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins was the best wide receiver that came out of the league, came out of the draft, uh, you know, a year or so ago. Um, and, and yet, because he played for Buffalo, <laughs> there was no consistency. Uh, if Sammy Watkins could have went to the Packers, big difference. Um, and I right. think that's one of the things I look at is does the offense give that player, if they're that talented, does it give that player the opportunity to be a consistent and a, and a top fantasy player? So 
So let's look at running backs. Let's go back to two. Now, last year, what did we have rookie-wise? Um, trying to think who even – Jeremy Hill? No, he wasn't a rookie. Um, Jeremy Hill was a rookie last year. Okay, Jeremy Hill was a rookie. So now, Jeremy Hill in total points last year was 10th. 10th. So that's running back one. Mm-hmm. And he's running back 11 this year. His consistency, though, in a PPR format, 63%. So he was right. 17th. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, one percentage below just, him just... was Giovanni Bernard, who is right. being ranked as a RB25. So, right. So there is potential, and Jeremy Hill took that potential, took the opportunity in Cincinnati to be a decently productive running back. If anybody can pull that off in the system – I think Melvin Gordon has the best potential in San Diego. I don't think Yeldon – I mean, I don't know how anybody could run in Jacksonville, um, Mm -hmm. let alone a rookie, so I don't have a lot of faith in him. Um, You know, Gurley has the most talent, per se, at least, you know, from from where he was drafted, but he's in St. Louis. And they have Nick Foles, the quarterback. There's not much offense in the, you know, passing game. So there's just – Again, if Todd Gurley went to, you know, the Patriots, I'd have a lot more faith. Well, no, because Belichick's the coach. But, um, no, you know, he's going, a nightmare. Let's say he went, <laughs> yeah. So let's say Gurley went to – I'm trying to think of a good team that could have used a running back. Um, let's say he went and played for the Colts, mm-hmm. you know, and was the starting running back for the Colts. Now, now you've got an offense around him that nobody can focus on him if he does start running well. St. Louis, unless Nick Foles does something magical, which I doubt, I don't see how he could be, you know, do do much there. I mean, Melvin Gordon as running back 13, which is his ADP, and like you said, third round, our overall ADP 31. Um, if if you want to take that chance, go ahead. Will I? No, because he's right. sitting ADP wise between Justin Forsett and Lamar Miller, both who last year had percentages above uh, 75% in consistency. Forsett was 81. Lamar Miller was 75. I'm going to take those two guys with proven consistency every day of the week before I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. Just the way it's going to fall out for me. Um, again, if you want to do that, and if Melvin Gordon falls to the third or you know to the fourth round, and now these other guys are gone, and now you have to choose between Melvin Gordon and Alfred Morris and Carlos Hyde, yeah, now might take it a chance because those guys haven't proven much or the system is crumbling around them in Alfred Morris. Then it's a different decision. But in that ADP where he says, I'm I'm going to take Forsett and Miller, and Gordon's probably not going to be on any of my teams. That's how I look at it. You know, so I hope that answers. You know, it's an inter- No, it definitely does. And what's interesting is you mentioned Jeremy Hill, and this is another stat that kind of caught me off guard when I was when I was looking at all, all of your info. Jeremy Hill didn't start the year as the number one running back in Cincinnati. Eventually, took it over from Gio Bernard, and uh, going right. forward, I'm seeing him go as a late first, early second round pick mm-hmm. this year. Uh, right. A 63% consistency rate, 10 out of 16. He had the same number of consistent games, played one more, but the same number of consistent games 
as Jamal Charles, who yeah. people are arguing could be the first overall pick. And but the two of them at 10 consistent games each, one right. consistent game left, then LaShawn McCoy, another player, <laughs> people have slid down into the second round. They're not happy with the move to Buffalo, plus the wear and tear. Well, we know how many touches McCoy gets every year. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. to me. I look at that and I go, okay, I'm sitting at the second or third overall pick. If I think I could get Jeremy, if I'm in a league where maybe I could trade down, and, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those leagues, those dynasty formats, I'll happily trade back and take a Jeremy Hill 10 picks later if I think I could get him and, and improve yeah. elsewhere, considering Jamal Charles and Jeremy Hill are essentially, consistently wise, the same player. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And, and like you said, you talked about Jamal Charles. I mean, he was hurt last year, so some of that comes into play in his numbers, especially on a consistency basis, because he played some games where, you know, he played half half the game and then, you know, went out again with that injury. And it was just an ongoing problem for him. With his health, if you go back to the next last couple of years, you'll see he's up there in that 14, 15, you know, uh, 90, 80, upper 80s, 90% consistency. But he's a couple years older, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy for all 16 games? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so again, there's there's just too many question marks. And when you're in that top five spot, um, you know, I, I could argue why you would take Antonio Brown second or third overall. He's perfect 32 out of 32 games for the last two seasons in a row. I mean, how automatic yeah. can you get? And he was the highest scoring in total points outside of the quarterbacks. So I could justify I, I, I would probably take him Antonio. that high. I would take Antonio Brown first overall. Yeah, I I I think I, I, I see I, it done, and I could easily and and yeah. I don't I don't question it. I go, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I I could totally um, see that in a PPR format. I I right. He's as he's as he's as sure lock as there is going into this fantasy football season. Right. You could say, I mean, you could legitimately make a claim that Pittsburgh Steelers are the first two picks in the draft. Yeah. And you uh, give if, the if nod Le'Veon to Antonio Brown because he's going to play three more games. Yeah. <laughs> if Le'Veon Bell wasn't suspended, yeah, I could I could see Bell and, and, and Brown going one, two. Because, again, both of them were perfect last year. Antonio Brown's been perfect two years in a row. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to argue that, you know, you know, and in and, and his rookie season, Le'Veon Bell was 12 out of 13, going back to rookie running backs. Um, Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell was 92% in his rookie season. He only ranked 15th in total points, but his consistency was 92%, and that is why Le'Veon Bell was on almost all of my teams last season because everybody saw the 15 in total points, didn't, didn't see the 92%. So I was drafting right. him in the first round in every draft I was in, and that, that those were the leagues that I was the most successful in because I would pick him and then come back and pick Antonio Brown, and I would just just roll teams. Um, you know, so that's the kind of stuff, you know, that, that I try to promote, try to look for. You know, when I'm identifying undervalue, I'm not just identifying undervalue for guys being picked in the seventh round. I'm identifying undervalue of guys you want to get in the first round that you can get later but will be putting up points that are going to be, you know, top five versus, you know, top 12. Um, so well, Bell was one of those guys for me last year. 
Well, who are some of those guys? If, you know, everybody everybody always is looking for the, the quote, sleeper, and I think that's right. probably the worst term out there because there's so many shows and so many pods. So sleeper's only a sleeper for about two days before word gets yeah. out about them. But, right, um, right. you know, who are some of those guys that people may look at the overall number and say, no, I'm, I'm not interested, but right. your numbers, your consistency numbers allows them to maybe – They'll fly under the radar, and, and people will be surprised by the by the value they end up giving uh, at right. the running back position in particular. Is there anybody that you could say, you know, round four, round five, round six? This guy's going to be terrific. I know you're high on Andre Ellington. Um, yeah, that's so the guy anybody I like was going that? For. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, Andre Ellington is sitting at an ADP of t- running back twenty. Um, 44 overall. So you're looking at late third, early fourth round. Um, if and and here's my philosophy. Usually when I draft, um, is that if I get pick um, six through 12, um, by then if those running backs that were my RB one A in my rankings are gone, um, I'm going to go r- usually heavy wide receiver. So I'm going to pick you know, probably in that range, you know, Antonio Brown, Demarius Thomas, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, those guys. I'm going to grab them there, come back on the turn, look to see who's there, but if there's another top guy like one of those, then I'm probably going to grab a second wide receiver, and then now I've got to wait until late third, early fourth before my next two picks. That is where I'm going to pick probably in most drafts, if that's how it falls out, and then that's where I'm picking, it's going to be one of two of three guys I'm hoping I can get. Justin Forsett, Lamar Miller, and Andre Ellington. All three of those guys were 75% consistent or higher. Andre Ellington was 92%. He was 11 out of 12 games. And remember, he played the whole season on an injured foot. Mm -hmm. Then finally couldn't take it and then had to sit out the last four games. Now he's 100% healthy. I realize they drafted David Johnson, but David Johnson is the same build and the same model as Ellington. They're not, and the Cardinals have said this, they're not trying to replace Ellington. They want to give Ellington more rest during games than they gave him last year because they had nobody after Ellington that could perform. I believe that. I don't think Ellington's going to be replaced. He was that good for the Cardinals, and for fantasy teams. If you can get Ellington as your RB1, or I'm sorry, as your RB2 in the fourth round, um, because you've now drafted top two top receivers and you've gotten another good RB1 in Forsett or Jeremy Hill, Lamar Miller, one of those kinds of guys, um, and then you put Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas, and that's your first four picks, I'm going to tell you you're in the playoffs, barring injury. I don't even care what quarterback you get at that point because you've got four guys that are 75% consistent or higher. How can, how can you not be successful with that? And that's what you got to look at is how do I build a consistent starting lineup? You can take flyers down the road. If you want to draft a, a TJ Yeldon in the seventh round as your RB3 or you want to grab somebody later – that's fine. Get get your rookies then. Um, if you want to take a chance, take a chance. You know, I'm never going to say I'm not wrong. 
you know, there's certainly one of these three running backs could have a you know an Eddie Lacy, Le'Veon Bell type season for their team, um, but you know, there's also a lot of guys that go the other way and are 40 or 50 percent consistent, and you just wasted a top four, top first four rounds uh, pick on a guy that isn't going to help your team. Um, right. I'm going to build consistency in that first four, like to do first seven picks so that I have a consistent, uh, basically starting lineup of quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and a tight end. If I can get seven consistent players in those first seven rounds to fill that spot, then the rest of my draft is basically fillers, upside, uh, maybe even some consistency of guys who maybe were injured the year before or just kind of fallen out of favor, like a Jason Witten. I, I drafted Jason Witten in the 18th round of a 22-round team as my backup <laughs> tight end. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, you know, those are the kind of guys that people, because they think, oh, they're over the hill, they're done, they're old. Antonio Gates was that last year. Nobody wanted Antonio Gates. I had Antonio Gates in every league I was in. Antonio Gates ended up the season with the third most, highest, third highest consistency, third most points. Now, Grandy suspended, but my point was, don't give up on the old aging veterans. Those are the guys people forget about, but those are the guys that are more times out of not the most consistent players. Yeah, but those guys aren't sexy, Bob. People want yeah, sexy well, you know nowadays what? in fantasy you know football. You know, you know what I'm saying? Anthony? He's not sexy. You know what's sexy, Anthony? Winning. <laughs> what? That's exactly. Putting trophies up <laughs> on my shelf is sexy. Now, it may not give me, it may not give me a lot of love in, with the wife, but I think it's sexy. Well, I was going to say, are you allowed to put the trophies up on the shelf? Yeah, in my basement in the back room with all my other sports <laughs> members. <laughs> That's where my trophies go. My trophies are in the laundry room above the washer and dryer. I'm not allowed to put them anywhere of substance. <laughs> yeah, I was given the back corner of, of my basement that I can put anything I want in there. Um, you know, so I have like all of my autograph cards and my fantasy trophies and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff that nobody sees unless I drag them down there on purpose. <laughs> That's great. Everybody dreams of putting every guy dreams of putting their fantasy trophy right over the fireplace. It never oh, happens yeah. till we get in. Oh gosh, no, no, not unless your wife plays too. And then yeah, right. I'm like over the fireplace. Yours goes in. The, goes in the basement. Yeah, Bob, the Dallas Cowboys situation. Right, we talked about Demarco Murray. Uh, right. Tremendous season against uh, one of the best with one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, this year, it's again considered a top five line. I I was in New York City a couple of weeks back for the FSTA conference, and I watched the FSTA expert draft going down live on a, I think it was a a Monday or Tuesday night. And Darren McFadden went in the second round of a fourteen team draft. I kid you not. My jaw hit the ground. A lot of jaws hit the ground. And, I mean, we're talking about it. I want to say I could pull it up, but it'll take a minute or two. I want to say he went maybe four or five picks after uh, DeMarco Murray. Wow. Now, as, as, and it's still talked about. I mean, it's still people I know who are there. We still talk about it. You've got Joseph Randall. You've got, you've got Darren McFadden. And the average ADP, mm-hmm. Joseph Randall's the 20th running back. McFadden is right. the 35th. 
fourth round, eighth round. Tell me why I should even remotely believe in either one of them. Is is there that much hype behind that Dallas offensive line that the theory, heck, even Darren McFadden can run behind this line? Or or is that just crazy stuff? You've never seen the consistency from that guy. No reason to believe it now just because he's in Dallas behind that line. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, one of the things that I'm looking at is is that that history. Um, you know, Joseph Randall filled in a few games a year before, um, and I don't I, I don't follow the offensive lines as well as I probably should, but I don't know if it was the same exact guys two years ago, but I assume it's close. Um, and Randall was okay in in you know in those games. Um, yes, it certainly helps an average running back be better if the offensive line is better. Um, but first off, second round is just absurd. Um, absurd. RB twenty six. Again, the thing that I'm, I'm going to go to, and I and I went to this with, you know, with Melvin Gordon, is look at the guys around Joseph Randall in the ADPs and go, which one would you pick? So, 25th is Giovanni Bernard. Mine says Randall at 26th. Um, Giovanni Bernard's at 25th. Joe Bell's at 27. Uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Stewart's at 24. Uh, Richard Jennings is at, at you know, um, 29. Uh, Amir Abdul is at 28, but he's a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to ask yourself, okay, if it's coming to me and i got to pick between one of those five or six players, is Joseph Randall my pick? And I'm looking at this going, he might be my third pick after Bernard and Bell, Stewart, gives me a little hope he's the only guy there but he never stays healthy so i might take a flyer on randall now the question is when am i drafting this guy because this is according to the overall adp fifth round so Mm -hmm. i'm looking at this going this is probably going to be my running back too so now i'm like i'm going bernard or bell i'm not even thinking about randall now if Bernard and Bell are gone, and I have to decide on my running back two. At that point, to be honest with you, I'd probably pass and pick my my third wide receiver, and then right. I would wait and pick um, somebody like, you know, I would just probably go start picking my quarterbacks and my tight ends, and then I'll probably take a, a go and wait and pick guys like. Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush, Danny Woodhead, one of those guys as my RB2 in a PPR format because I know they're going to catch passes. Um, And I know that if they're on the field, they're going to be okay. I mean, Danny Woodhead is one of my favorite RB4 picks because two years ago, he was in the top 10 in consistency in a a PPR format. You talk about a guy who's forgotten this year. Just now, he's RB forty six in this one. That's actually higher than I've seen him. I I drafted him as like my RB six in that league that went twenty two rounds, um, and I was just stunned that nobody had picked him. Like, did you guys forget about him? You know, like two years ago, this guy was like a beast in BPR. Um, you know, so those kind of guys. Fred Jackson's another one. I realized that 
he's got a better running back in LaShawn McCoy than C.J. Spiller was for the Bills. But Fred Jackson in the last three years has been like top 15 consistent running back. Now, are they going to give him enough touches with McCoy there? Probably not. But, boy, I tell you what, if you draft McCoy and you don't draft Fred Jackson as your handcuff, you're silly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just did something really dumb. Um, So, you know, like I said, that's how I look at Joseph Randall. Could he be a good RB2? I suppose it's possible. But, again, am I going to pick him over Bernard and Bell? Mm, I don't think so. Um, So that's my thought on that. All right, Bob, one last question before we wrap this up as we're about to hit the top of the hour. I got one more play. We're going to have to do this again over the summer because we're really all covered with quarterbacks and running backs. I have a a list of wide receiver questions we didn't even have time to get to, but I do have one wide receiver question. Have you seen enough in Odell Beckham of the Giants to justify where he's going in the first round? Absolutely not. Um, you know, what he did last year was outstanding. Um, over the last 12 games, you know, he was 92% consistent. Um, only Antonio Brown was better from a consistency standpoint. However, um, things that I'll look at, especially for a rookie, is, okay, what changes this year? Um, first off, you know, he did that. I think he caught the league off guard. And that happens with rookies. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a guy like Doug Martin. He mm-hmm. came in as a rookie and was just yep. amazing his yep. his rookie season. Everybody, I mean, I remember him being a top five pick the next year in oh, almost yeah. every draft I was in. So I go back to a guy like that and go, nothing really changed for that team that next year. It's just the teams focused on him and said, okay, Tampa Bay doesn't have a very good quarterback. Doug Martin's their best player. We'll stop him and then see if the Buccaneers can beat us without him. Well, they're going to do the same thing with Beckham. Beckham beat a lot of teams last year, and he's super talented, no question. But if now the teams are rearranging their defense to focus on him, um, and there hasn't been much change in the Giants' offense. Um, you know, they, they still have, you know, a, a hodgepodge of running backs. Um, they added Shane Vereen. Um, you know, Victor Cruz may be Victor Cruz, but he's not going to be, he's, I don't think he'll ever be the Victor Cruz of two years ago or three years ago. Um, you know, Ruben Randall's a decent wide receiver. Larry Donnell's a decent tight end. But, you know, my thought is the teams aren't going to let Beckham beat them. They're going to say, if you want to beat us, beat us with Joseph, you know, with Ruben Randall or, you know, or, you know, whatever. And, and you know, the, I just don't see him being that consistent. Will he end up the year as a, probably a top 12 um, wide receiver in total points? I think so. And I don't, wouldn't question that. Um, but there's no way. I mean, on my thing, he's the second wide receiver off the board. Um, sixth yeah. overall ADP. And there's no way he's going to be on my team. Because, again... Going back to the same thing, if I have a choice between Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Demarius Murray, or Demarius Thomas, or Jordy Nelson, or Odell Beckham Jr., Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be fifth every single time. It's, it's not even a thought. And that's why I can't pick him where they're being picked. If Beckham was my wide receiver, too, then I'm happy. Oh. 
then I'm okay with that because I got one of those other five guys to be my one. I'm okay with him being my two. But that's never going to happen in this year's draft because he's going way too early before I would ever get a chance. I mean, he's always going in the first round, maybe beginning of the second. I could get lucky, and if I had like 12-1, and one, I might get, you know, Des Bryant and, and Beckham or Demarius Thomas and Beckham, possibly. But right. more often than not, again, am I going to pick him over Randall Cobb? Or, you know, I mean... I'll pick him over Calvin Johnson and A.J. Green. I will do that because I don't think that The injury concerns there. Yeah, but, you know, those other five, I, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. So that's my thought on Beckham. I like him. I think he's a great talent. I just He's just going way too high. Yeah, it's interesting. Here. Right now, what I'm looking at is I have uh, Odell Beckham going fourth wide receiver off the board, ninth overall, after Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Dez going before Demarius to before Calvin, before Jordy, and everybody else, which I find interesting. Right. Bob, it's the top of the hour. Um, where can people find your work? How can they follow you on Twitter? I'll give you a, a minute here. Shameless plug. Go yeah. ahead, my friend. Let everybody Shameless know where plug. they can find you. You got it. Uh, SoCalledFantasyExperts.com is where you can find the book and the consistency tools. You will also find me on my site, which is FFConsistency.com. Twitter is simply at Bob underscore Lung. You can hit me up anytime with any questions. And uh, email is uh, Bob at FFConsistency.com. So thank you, Anthony, for having me on. We'll do this again sometime and talk some more about wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, definitely, Bob. Looking forward to it. We've got a few weeks till draft start. Uh, definitely want to get you on before all of that starts. We've got, got plenty it. more to talk about, that's for sure. We could have probably talked for three hours tonight if I'm both sure our we wives weren't ready to <laughs> ring on next. So uh, I know you got a draft coming up, hopefully, in, in the New York area sometime at the end of August. Hopefully yeah. we're able to work uh, it out August and we're able 29th. to get together. Yep, August 29th I'll be there for the Fantasy League of Experts. Uh, that'll be broadcast live on Sirius Radio, so hopefully I'll see you then. Yeah, awesome. That'll be a good time. Bob Lung, everybody. Bob, thanks again. And thanks to everybody who listened tonight. We do appreciate it. Don't forget, follow the show on Twitter at A-Aniano Fantasy. That's A-Aniano Fantasy, A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Follow it on Facebook at uh, our page, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Check out all my work also on rotoballer.com. You can listen to me on their show, the Rotoballer Fantasy Sports Radio Show, every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. And follow us, like I said, on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll let you know when the next episode of, of this show airs as well. For Bob Long, he was a terrific guest. Thanks again. I'm Anthony Aniano. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you real soon. Have a good night, everybody.